Welcome to Sam. The last 15 years I've been working as a clinical nutritionist in a clinical environment and working previously as a yoga and Pilates instructor so it amuses me no end to see Pilates <laughs> next door. Um, most importantly I've been working in food as medicine, that's my real area of speciality and expertise. So for the last 15 years I've been focusing on and really inquisitive about the healing properties of individual ingredients and how they can enhance our bodies on a cellular level, shrink and reduce cancer tumours, so particularly foods like turmeric, which we might talk a little bit about later on, and looking at local seasonal fresh produce and how we can maximise our nutritional intake just by eating well. Prior to that, my, my first 15 years in food, so it's 30 now, I was in the fine dining restaurant industry. I grew up at the restaurant table and I did my apprenticeship on the restaurant floor. I did one day in the kitchen in our three hat restaurant way back in the 80s, but I never really felt comfortable in the kitchen, funny enough. And if you've ever been to a fine dining restaurant, you probably understand why, or if you've ever watched MasterChef, it was pretty scary. And I was only in my very early 20s and I would do a day turning potatoes, which is what an apprentice does in the kitchen, is kind of make those little vegetables even smaller. And that's your job for about a year as a first year apprentice. So I didn't see that there was much joy in that and I spent most of my apprenticeship on the restaurant floor, informally, but I was trained by the uh, European waiters that we had and so life was usually full of cigarettes and coffee and red wine back in those days. And then when I was about 24 we took over the Grace Darling Hotel in Melbourne, which is an old bluestone pub, and from the age of 24 I became the licensee of that hotel for eight years. So my background's very mixed. Champur, as we say in Bali, which is mixed, mixed champur. So I bring, a, I guess, a wealth of information and a, quite a steep background in food. And most importantly for today, it's all about food as medicine. So I hope you enjoy. So um, we're going to get started today just with a little uh, taster for you of a lemon parsley juice. So this is kind of a little wheatgrass shot for the morning um, to get us kicked off. So something you might see at a health retreat in the first part of the day. When you we consider lemon as being very alkaline, even though it's a citrus fruit and we might think because it's sour it's actually acid forming, but it's not. Once it hits our digestion, it actually becomes alkaline. So having lemon juice in hot water is a great start to alkalize your body. Now from a nutritional perspective, most foods are acid forming and most degenerative disease thrives in an acidic environment. So the more alkaline we can become, the better. Parsley, of course, one of the greatest, richest sources of chlorophyll. The actual chemical compound of chlorophyll is almost identical to our haemoglobin. So the way chlorophyll takes oxygen to the plant matches the way the red blood cells carry oxygen to enrich our... See how when we juiced, we actually keep the whole fruit in, so the fibre's in there as well. So that's a great health benefit of actually doing it that way, rather than juicing and taking that all out. And she's going to serve those up in a little shot glass for you, so you'll get to have them. Um, Easy, huh? <laughs> yeah. And health benefits of having such a chlorophyll-rich tonic, even if it's just that small amount, are just paramount. I mean, you don't have to take any supplementation unless you're recovering from something. If you were to do that, you know, every day or at least every second day. So this is a recipe that, I don't know, I think I just made it up as I went along. It's cauliflower couscous. Of course, in our cuisines, we rarely use gluten and we don't use a lot of 
Um, I, I particularly don't use a lot of grain and I eat a little bit of rice, but I don't use a lot of flour. So when I realised that I could pulverise cauliflower and it would resemble couscous, it just made such perfect sense. So uh, with the cauliflower, you may or may not know it's part of the Bratska Casey family. And if you grew up in the generation that I did, my parents and my mother or my grandmother, not so much, my mother used to overcook it and it really smelt. And it put a lot of people off eating Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, and um, certainly broccoli. So that's the sulfur that you can smell when it's overcooked and that's what turns the vegetables grey. But from a health perspective, that's the sulphur that you really want because that is the absolute cancer-fighting compound. You know, the sulphur is so important as an antioxidant. So the trick is to preserve that sulphur and not boil the clackers out of it, as we say in the trade. So we're going to have it raw, and I want to just give you a little bit of a, an incentive about raw food. I believe that small amounts of raw food are really beneficial, and my friend Jules is an expert in raw desserts, so you can have a chat to her at some stage. But when it comes to the raw vegetable salads, other than the traditional salads that we would normally have grown up with, just be mindful that too much raw cauliflower, broccoli, Brussels sprouts and so forth is quite a strong overload. You might help to detoxify the liver, but it's quite hardcore. It's like eating raw kale or putting raw kale in a smoothie. So be really mindful about that. If you're catching this kale train, make sure that you parboil the kale and particularly with some of these vegetables, just don't have them every day. I counteract the, um, the slight bitterness or the sharpness of the raw cauliflower with cranberries. So as a rule of thumb, I prefer to use a berry as opposed to other dried fruit. In our raw desserts, we tend to use a lot of cashews, dates and so forth. But when it comes to my salads and even slow-cooked dishes, I usually use cranberries or dried blueberries because I believe that blueberries and, and most of the berry family are very low reactive. Fruit for a lot of people, particularly if they're healing, is very, very acidic and very hard for a lot of people to digest, believe it or not. So berries and cherries are probably the most favourite fruit that I use. Of course, we're in the northern rivers, so we've got macadamia nuts. Local, and local, 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 yeah, local hand-picked by Jane this yeah. morning. She was out there, and then she made this oil. No, she didn't. And our beautiful friends at Brook Farm, please get to know them. This is an amazing lemon myrtle oil. It's absolutely stunning. I've worked with some chefs that tell me it's way too strong, and I'm like, what do you mean it's too strong? Goodness me, it's for an educated palate. You know? It is such a beautiful oil. I won't simplify it, it's not a simple salad. The flavours are very complex, but if you have a Thermomix, it's a really easy, crowd-pleasing salad to do. Got some fresh herbs, just some parsley, lemon juice, and a little bit of ground turmeric here. Now, I often use fresh turmeric as well, or ground, and you can't quite see that, but you'll see the colour when it comes out. Turmeric is so important. It is so important to the Indonesians and the Balinese, where I've just returned from. It's probably my number one healing food that and wheatgrass. But turmeric in particular because of its really powerful compound called curcumin. And curcumin, according to the Indonesians, not necessarily to traditional Western medicine, but the Indonesians believe that it helps to shrink cancer tumours. So it's a very, very important antioxidant. And by having small amounts of organic dried turmeric on a regular basis can boost your antioxidant level. Just as fresh turmeric, which grows prolifically here in the northern rivers, if you've ever been to our farmers markets you'll see the fresh turmeric around and I just usually grate fresh turmeric or with the dried I add it to teas I would also put a pinch in a little shot glass like you're going to have with the parsley juice as well. In the years that I've been teaching cooking which is probably 15 now what I really notice with processed food is they actually make it 
so kind of swallowable that you only need to chew processed food once or twice. And what we crave as human beings is something to chew on. And it's mouthfeel and texture. And it really dawned on me probably 10 years ago when I was really focusing on, on nutrition and so forth that if I put texture and crunch back into food, people would enjoy it more. And the same goes with our sort of raw desserts and so forth. It's about layering texture. And with processing food, it's very one-dimensional. I'm sure you'll agree, and I'm sure not many of you rush off to McDonald's, but if you've ever eaten a commercial hamburger, something like that, you can, you'll find that you can chew that within about two or three chews and it's kind of all gone. So anything that's fast food oriented, the processing of it makes it much faster for you to eat, but it doesn't necessarily make it more digestible. So chewing food releases the amylase, which is a, an enzyme. It helps stimulate all the other enzyme processes way before it hits your digestion. So if we've got something crunchy and textured, we tend to chew over it. And those old expressions of chewing the fat, having something to chew over are really valid when it comes to food as medicine as well. Go so these it. are the cranberries. Yep. Really, um, I won't say they're sweet because there's a slight bitterness, a sourness, I should say. Bitterness, mm. Which I really love about cranberries, that they're just not too kind of in your face. And we can put our parsley in there. You it's can use, is mint as well? Yeah, yeah. You can use any herb for this, of course. I really like mint and cauliflower together. It might be something that you haven't really considered. You might still be living in a land of cauliflower cheese, which is absolutely fine. <laughs> and believe it or not, I actually had cauliflower for breakfast this morning because um, that's the kind of human being I am, which is interesting. You can Three. use currants, you can use raisins, sultanas, whatever you prefer. I just find that the sweet sourness of the uh, cranberries really lifts the sulphur of the cauliflower. <laughs> but you don't want it to go soggy. Now, the thing about raw cauliflower is that because of that pungent sulphur component, try and eat this within the hour. So don't have it overnight because the sulphur keeps building. It's a little bit like cooked spinach the next day. With spinach, you release the oxalic acid. With cauliflower, you'll just find it becomes more pungent, as in it will smell more like cauliflower. Mm -hmm. So I highly advise you to don't let it oxidise. Just fold in your dressing. We're just using the lemon myrtle oil here and some fresh lemon juice. And if we wanted it to be finer and more couscousy, of course, we could have just blitzed it for another um, half a second, literally. And then with the macadamia nuts, we'll fold those in and save a few for the top. So what we've got, we've got the sweet sourness with the berries, the cranberries. We've got the goodness of the cauliflower, which has a slightly sulfurous, pungent flavour, as we would describe it in Chinese medicine. We've got the refreshing alkalinity of the herbs and the lemon juice and the crunch of the macadamia nuts. Sometimes with a salad like this, I would actually grate fresh lemon zest or lime zest over the top. And I think you'll find that the flavour combination will be absolutely Delicious, you'll love that. If you're working your way toward having a thermomix at home and you just want to try some of these, please just do it with a big long knife with the cauliflower. Honestly, it breaks up in seconds. I literally did that this morning just in the pan. Very undervalued sometimes, our cauliflower. You're listening to Bay FM. <laughs> yeah.